0: The the balance is to... See, that's where the ritual part of it comes in. That doing the... um, faithfully, being devoted to that which He has given us to do, might look like ritual, but with the right heart, it's honoring to God. So Abel still had to bring the offering. And that's where it's tricky, because if you do the ritual... Without the devotion to the Lord being moved by the fear of the Lord, according to His instructions, or with any selfish intention, then it's just a ritual, yeah. and from the outside it might just look like exactly the same thing. That's where the, the when it comes to principles and eternal truths, we still need to you, we need to navigate by the principles and the principles of the Word only, nothing else but it's driven by love of the Lord in the end of the day. That's quite... I'm
1: going to take my seat again. Um, That's quite an interesting dynamic with you saying it looks the same on the outside because I remember when we um, started doing the principal teachings or somewhere when we did the principal teachings and we spoke about the nation of Israel, um... So the laws are given to keep the nation safe. And then, I remember we did a thing about the seed, saying that even, even if the, the number of seed within the nation of Israel are, were few, so say there were ten of them, if the entire nation of Israel were keeping the laws, then it would be for the purpose of keeping the seed safe. So the rest might not be doing it because they love the Lord but they'll still be doing it because they will be blessing from the Lord's side but it will be in order to keep the seed safe so just when you were saying now that you know you might do it with them sometimes we do it in our hearts intention isn't right it is at least it's a fail safe that's been put in place by the Lord so that you know only he truly knows the heart and can discern the heart Um, but even if the heart motivation isn't necessarily 100% right, we're still doing the right things. The rest of the body, at least, will be kept safe. Right. Which I think is pretty
0: cool. So, what? That's, that's, that's significant. It's profound. So, it is very important. Um, what if a person, to the best of their knowledge, has the right heart's intention? but are not devoutly acting according to God's instructions. What's the effect of that?
1: So like the opposite. They have the right heart but not doing the right things instead of doing the right things without the right heart.
0: So let's take Aaron for instance.
1: Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, as priest, he claims that he was trying to look after the people, by making a golden calf.
2: Mm.
0: He he didn't intend to worship an idol. He gave them what he thought they needed. So, what happens with that? Right intention of the heart, wrong action.
1: I don't know, it's tricky, because the Lord still makes him high priest. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but there was consequences. There was. Who paid for it?
1: He, him and his sons, his sons, and, <laughs> and the <people> nation.
0: <laughs> all the people that died, something was redeemed out of it.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. The seed was elevated, exalted, and redeemed, but someone and something paid a price for it. So that's the, that's mm. that dynamic. When all of the Israelites, even those that will have evil hearts of unbelief eventually, mm. when they all just obey the instructions of the Lord, what we might see is ritual. They might not understand why they're doing it. It might not be because they're loving the Lord. It keeps the seed safe. Mm. But when someone with the right heart intention acts or behaves in a manner that will put the seed in danger,
1: mm. yes, then,
0: then there's, there's dire consequences. It's, yeah, everything fits together. But it's very important to understand, that's why he gave them instruction. So now you're going to explain to us, please Nadia, the... Um, Yes. So please explain to us again <coughs> what the rock is in Matthew.
1: Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 7 verse from verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine, and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Okay.
0: Right, let's pause first before you explain it. Okay. Let's go to the principle of full measures. We did this with Johannes in his um, process of discipling this afternoon. I thought I'd actually like to remind everybody else of the principle of full measures. Let's see. Um, Except for Leon, Johannes, and Anna, who had a a, um, refresher course. Thank you. What is what is the basic truth that we call? Full measures. Our application on this side, full measures. How do we apply it? Who can, who, who's going to venture into somebody? Full measures. What I've, what I've learned and realized is sometimes we use an example to explain the point, and then if you go six months later, everybody exa- remembers the example but not the point. So that's why we have to refresh sometimes to make sure that we don't get stuck on the example that was supposed to illustrate the point, uh, that we still have the main point. So full measures. Doesn't full measures have to... to, to,
3: uh, Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Messiah-likeness, because... um, um, which is the goal of our faith, and... uh, in, in that sense everything is that we are building and that we are doing is, is going towards that and uh, we agreed upon <coughs> that we will not settle for half half away or uh, anything that is uh, because in the church world, it's accepted to say, "Oh, we are only human, and we cannot attain, and so on." Where we see that Paul said, "I, I, I ran the race, I, I finished the race." Uh, so, so um, to a big extent, he ended up very, very close. Uh, I mean, as close as one can get, and and we want to to believe that that, that is where we are headed. Uh, I don't know on the other examples, but that's the main example really.
0: You are exactly right. But your answer doesn't surprise me, because you're exactly right. What happens with building blocks is, once you've put all the foundational building blocks into the foundation, then after a while you just see the floor, you've, you, and that's what's happening to us. That's why we're going and refreshing on building blocks, because we now, in the beginning you look at the one block, and you look at another block, but later on you see the whole floor. Mm. And the whole floor is Messiah-likeness. But the building block, the building block is Messiah-likeness. Yes, that's the ultimate truth when it comes to, to full measures. But full measures for our application is that... This is, this is the application for full measures, <coughs> If we have a a sliding scale, okay, so extreme, minimal effort or watered down, whatever that is. Why don't you uh, just go min and max? uh, Reasonable. Okay, so, okay, minimal... Yeah, right. That could work. But I wanted to use the word extreme, that's why. Okay. So, so full measures for us is that whenever we approach the Word of God and the things of God, the things of the kingdom, our mindset will be where the average person in the world would go for a reasonable response. Um, The great majority of Not average believers, but just kind of Christians. They will go for minimal response. We will always approach everything that has to do with the Word and God with the extreme response. Okay. So we are extremists Mm -hmm. without any bombs strapped to our waists. We are extremists. We have full measure mindset when it comes to the Word of God. Why? Because that's the way we're going to read the Word, we're going to understand the Word, we're going to apply the Word, maximum measures. Why? So, the question that I posed to you honestly, that reminded me, is that when God gave us instruction in the Word, is there any chance that He didn't give us all the instruction? <coughs> any chance that He didn't explain all of it? Is there any, any, any chance that he didn't mean all of it? So maybe he wrote it kind of not expecting us to actually do all of it. Is there, so,
1: More a suggestion.
0: Full measures is God doesn't make suggestions, it's a commandment. If he said it, it's a commandment. That's our mindset. And now the question is, if God wrote this... Did he mean all of this?
1: And to what extent did he mean it?
0: Did he expect me to do this, all of this? Okay, I'm just going to put that one down, I'll just try this one. <laughs> Fact is, that's, that's the difference, that's what we teach ourselves, that's the difference in devotion that we are going for. So we're not going, because we naturally want to settle somewhere in the middle at reasonable. Okay, reasonable response, reasonable effort, reasonable results. But in the economy of God, reasonable results means you failed.
1: Even above average isn't isn't
0: good enough. (laughs) So when it comes to full measures in... We, we need to, again, remind everybody and ourselves of the full measure mindset. It's something that we learn to implement at all times. When we're reading the Word of God, we read it through glasses of full measures. Anyone who does not do, can you read that again, please? Uh...
1: But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand.
0: Okay. Let's apply four measures. Everyone. Now apply four measures to everyone. Without exclusion, any believer or exception, any believer that hears these sayings and does not do them. Okay. How many of them?
1: So, if you do 98 of the 100, is it like solid enough?
0: Uh, full measures. Anyone hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, to what degree, to what percentage do them? 100%. So if
1: you do all of them, to what extent do you do them?
0: them? Does he really expect us to do it all the time? Is that reasonable? So our margin for response have just excluded reasonable from the chart. Doesn't exist. Extreme measures so all that exists that's the principle we work according to and i'm not saying that this is a a principle or a mindset or truth that is going to be universally accepted it's just one that we decided on as part of as part of our discipleship because the bible is literally a book of full measures he died and paid for all sin Not just for the sin of those who believed. He paid for all sin. And all will be resurrected. Just not into life. All will be resurrected. And when Adam sinned, he sold... Everyone into slavery, into sin. It's full measures. It's just a mindset. Now, like Nadia, we're teaching on Sunday. We have this. We have to check our hearts for the same response as when it comes to repentance. Repentance is a gift. We, we, we have to guard against any kind of response where we go like, well, I have to repent. No, it's a gift. And so full measures is not a negative thing, it's a gift. It's a standard. Okay, so. He also says that, he, that
3: um, what we think it's excessive and the Word says it's our reasonable service. And he mm. says, I'm an evil servant, and that, that it's my, that, that's expected of me. It's, it's my reasonable service. So, so uh, we are the ones that are measuring things, and the Lord only knows full measure. So when He tells us something, He doesn't say, well, do it half away, and it's going to be okay. It's our reasonable service to, to mm. do exactly what He tells us.
0: Exactly. So He doesn't come and say, well, will you please consider doing this?
3: Or do your best.
0: Yeah, try. Will you try, please? No. No. Why? Because He's going to strengthen us by His Spirit in the inner man. It's not
2: about
1: participation.
0: No, you
3: don't get a
0: participation prize. Yeah. That's perfection. So, okay. Everyone who hears these words of mine and do not do them I will consider. I'll read the rest.
1: And you wanted to read. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. But okay, let me read the first verse, because then yes. that will put it in better context. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock.
0: Okay, so now there is... A guarantee and a promise um, contained in this commandment. Firstly, he says he will liken this person to a wise man. You know, sounds good to me.
1: The Lord, going like you, wise, you wise.
0: (laughs) So, can you go to? So he says, I will liken this man to a wise man. Guess where I want to go. I will liken this man to a wise man.
1: There's so many places I can go. We could read the whole Proverbs. <laughs>
0: I'm Let's go to Hebrews eleven. Okay. <coughs> I wasn't gonna to go to Hebrews, but I don't want to read all of Proverbs.
1: <laughs> this is the back of the Backup line is always Hebrews eleven. <laughs> And then I'll read 5
0: to 13. So, Abel, Enoch, and maybe Noah. Okay.
1: Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks.
0: Amazing verse. God witnesses to the righteousness of Abel. God acknowledges his actions, his gifts, his life and he becomes an eternal witness. An eternal witness. Talk about successfully serving God. Mm. And all he had to do was just do what God told him to do in the way that God told him to do it. That's all he had to do. So we see that the Lord says that a a man (coughs) that hears, a person that hears the words of the Lord and does them the Lord will liken that person to a wise man. Now what happens when that kind of agreement and partnership happens with God? What happens when a person, through obeying God, has been aligned to God, that God will testify and witness this is a wise man? Sounds like um, happiness, fulfillment, <laughs> joy, blessing, rest, peace, anything else you wish because if God looks at you and goes, like, That's a wise man. It's like, do for him whatever he asks of you. All the angels, just do for him whatever. He is wise. No? A man who hears these words of mine and does them. Then he says the as the guarantee says that when the storm comes his house will stand.
1: Just an important note, because I know that we did this in Uganda. It doesn't say that when he does it, great news no storms for you. It says when the storms do come, because they will come, but at least your house will stand.
0: So, full measures. How often are we supposed to do the things that we heard the Lord speak? How often? How often? The time? All the time. <laughs> nice. Very good. All the time. The whole thing. until we actually will never even have another thought or consideration. We'll just do it in that specific way. It becomes second nature. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: first nature.
2: becomes yeah. oh. first nature. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well Be nature. Well done. Well done. Just
1: nature. Well,
0: that was deep. Okay.
1: Yeah. It just hit me. I just thought I'd share it with everyone.
0: So, growing in wisdom, I see. Okay, so, next thing. Now, we've looked at four measures and what the Lord says. Now, let's go to the content of what we're looking at. Do not worry about the day of tomorrow seems like one of the easiest and lightest of all the commandments that we find in the Sermon on the Mount. It's
1: like, thank you, Lord. Okay.
0: It's like when... Uh, Say no more. When you've studied Sermon on the this. Mount, you get to this piece, you don't even read it anymore, you kind of skip over it because it's easy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's the don't worry part. I, 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 I well remember easy, that.
1: Easy, did in my sleep. Easier. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs>
0: okay, let's do that.
1: Okay, Matthew chapter six from verse twenty-five. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these." Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
0: Can we apply full measures to seek the first place?
1: Okay, so seek.
0: Full measures, do you want to explore it for us?
1: Yes, so seek, full measure. How often? (laughs) How often? How much? How intently? How intensely A B. but <laughs> no, okay and then first
0: uh, uh, what what's four major for first <laughs> JP four major for first first we have to explore the thought first
1: uh, second
0: Not in full measures, just like, that's it. That's
1: all there is. Then we can go to the kingdom of God. Because then there's an element of... Okay, well, you're going to have to combine it with the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So there's a not seeking anything else. How about...
0: Um, No, let's be honest. come on.
1: Yes.
0: What about my righteousness?
1: I was going there now, but thank you for, for leading us into that. His righteousness. So sorry for you. Okay, so full measure, His righteousness. That's pretty obvious. Not mine, His, not anyone else's, but His. And then it says, and all these things... All these things shall be added to you.
0: Good news, you're getting lilies.
1: <laughs> 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 <Woo-hoo>! <laughs>
2: okay,
0: so do you want to just read the beginning again of that thought pattern? Now what I want everybody to do is, maybe before you read it. Take your Bible and then read through that, <coughs> the thought pattern that we just read the scripture, and then, in honesty, see where your heart actually wants to put a butt into the. If you had to be able to put a butt in every way that you, actually want to put a butt, see how many butts you would actually be able to fit into that whole piece of scripture. You read slowly through it and then you just go, okay, I actually want to put a butt in there and a butt in there and a butt in there. Okay.
1: From, from the beginning of the thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. Therefore, I say to you do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they
0: is there a butt there somewhere yes Mm. i mean the birds they
3: can't think of clothing really (laughs)
0: <laughs> you, you found a way to put a butt in there, that's fine, that's okay, yeah. okay.
1: Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature?
0: That's not what I'm worried about.
1: <laughs> okay. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Just
0: but, the reality is all the lilies don't make it. It's, think about what I'm saying, the reality is all the lilies don't make it, some of them die. So now, what scriptures do we connect with that that explains our but way? Whether I live or whether I die, what is, what's the scripture I'm going to? No. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, carry on. <laughs> to live as Messiah, to die as gain. Mm-hmm.
0: another one in...
2: The-
1: Corinthians, some yeah. says the same thing. Okay. Um, now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith?
0: Okay, anybody understand the oven reference? Yeah. The entire creation will be burnt up in the judgment. Mm. And yet, in the meantime, he's still even caring for them and looking after them. Okay, carry on.
1: Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek.
0: Okay, Gentile reference. After all these things the nations seek, are we still part of the nations, or have we been brought into the... (coughs) See the difference? The nations will do their thing. God's people, the true... uh, The true Israelite is the person with faith, right? And they are grafted into Abraham, according to the promises of Abraham. So that's a reference for that. Okay, carry on.
1: For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But.
3: <laughs> Don't worry, that for us.
1: <laughs> seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you.
0: No, they got it wrong. First to say he knows that you need all these things and prayer is really important so make sure that you...
1: No, 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 you're getting it wrong. And he knows that you need all these things. Lucky for you, he loves you so much, he's just going to give it to you anyway.
0: As long as you pray, enough. Uh,
1: mm, yeah. Grace.
0: Grace, okay.
1: <laughs> Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow... For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
0: So let's apply, let's see, how many buts? Many buts? Well, these I don't want to put it back there, but I do,
2: do it. Do do it. Blind, full measures
0: to his because he is right, and there's no is, So, if I move around, then I'm not in his It's as simple as that. If I fit or twelve or to any of those things, I'm not in his right. If you saying it's a full measure, full measures only the we only read the word by full measures. Okay, so it's just. Maybe not valid anymore. Remember, times were simpler when this was written. It's before before inflation and the politics took a turn for the worst. And
2: corruption
0: and corruption. Now you know with corruption these days. And uh, you know then how can I mean in all fairness, how can he how can he compare my life to a lily? Has he, seen how, has he seen how complicated my life is? You know, he should meet my boss. Oh, wait. Sorry, boss. No, that was just an example of someone else. Okay. <laughs> yes? Yes? We should be careful with that because he's actually not commenting in a positive or negative way on the things that we need in this world. He's not commenting uh, commenting on how much we need, how, splend- how much splendor our clothing should have. He's not commenting on it. That's very important to notice.
1: And also he's not saying that we shouldn't have it's not,
0: it. He's not commenting on mm. should we have it, shouldn't we have it, how much of it we should have. Not at all. Do you, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Very important. Because there's been an interpretation in the world that says, well, you know, we should, just be, we should be embracing poverty because we shouldn't be worried about clothes. But that's not his intention in any way. What is his intention? What is the full measure of his heart here?
1: Can I pose another... But. Yes. Because he says, do not, <clears throat> do not worry. But then it seems like the things he's implying that we worry about are physical, material things. Which isn't necessarily the kind of things I worry about in my day-to-day life. And yet, worry is there. So, sometimes I read and I go, like, okay, Lord, I see that you will provide the necessary physical things, but... But I'm not really worried about that right now. <laughs> I might be worried about something else.
0: So the full measure is applicable to do not worry. Am I right? Can we assume that? Okay. You know,
3: um, for me, it's more worrisome when you when you say what is the first commandment is the to love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your strength. And examining my heart, uh, seeing that like where is the measuring tape and whenever I measure that I don't know because that is the the full measure that means all and every time it's, it's just not enough, it's just too pitiful to <coughs> even measure, uh, and, and that's the one that saddens me truly. I don't think I'll ever be able to love him as much as I feel like I should. Like I, I that one that he deserves something that I can never come close to, and and that's that's probably magnif- should magnify my understanding of what. What his son has done for us. That's the worst one where, like, this, what we just read is like kind of minuscule when I compare it with that first commandment. It just hits me like a ton of bricks in the face every time.
0: See, but you, love is not work. That's the problem with it. Love is not, it should not be effort. And that's why love cannot be measured. So it's not the the substance of love or the lack of love that we try and measure. It's all the impurities that might be in our perspective part of that that hard process that we're trying to measure. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Because love cannot be measured and that's the point.
3: But surely a person knows when your heart is like 1 million percent or, or something and you can feel that your heart is just not there and you're hating that. You don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to push it forward. It's just like it doesn't depend on me. I feel like it doesn't but it does and you don't know where to go with it.
0: If you continue in this process, then the me aspect of the awareness of me should disappear. Uh, so you won't be mm. aware.
3: Okay, that's a nice one. Thank you.
0: Because as long as we're aware of how much we're loving him, I mean, that is going to be... The moment you... Okay, to, to, to have a look at how much you're loving him, you're going to have to look at yourself. The moment you've taken your eyes off him to look at yourself, mm. your love is just in... Decrease. It's like, it's, like, it's like looking away from the mountain to see how much of the mountain you saw.
3: It's a good tip, because
0: I'm completely on the wrong track. No, it's, it's, it's good that you brought it up, because I suspect most of us want to do it that way. It's like, okay, I've memorized the mountain, now I'm going to close my eyes and see how much I can remember, instead of just looking at the mountain. It's like people painting uh, uh, oil on canvas painting of a mountain. What's the point? I've always wondered about the point of that. And you're going to hang it again. I just don't get it. But anyway.
1: Yeah. You You know, okay, so these days if you go to any kind of live show... More people are busy taking videos with their phones than actually like watching so that they can go home later and watch the footage that they took instead of just enjoying the show.
0: God created the, kind of the mountain and I'm going to spend 16 hours trying to make my version of it. I mean that's just dumb. It's crazy. Okay, so so how do you paint the ocean? you have to inevitably paint a wave to represent the ocean. Okay, we're not going to get into that. But that is what we do with loving God. That's what we do with thinking about God, understanding God, connecting with God. We paint a picture and try and frame it. And the moment we do that, it's all gone. So in the moment you're not thinking about how much you're loving Him, you're probably loving Him. Does it help? It's about, okay, think about how much you love yourself. The moment you start loving of it, what do you start thinking about? That which is lacking, or good reason not to love, that's where your attention will go. You don't start thinking about everything that's good about yourself to measure how much you love yourself, do you? I must be honest, I didn't
3: think about that one deeply, but this one about God God worrying me for for a while now.
0: (laughs) Okay, you see, you cannot transgress the full-measure commandment of worry to try and figure out how much you're loving. Cause That's <laughs> why
3: I'm in circles. You see, I'm glad that I brought it to you.
0: That's why we do this kind of teachings because we inevitably can start doing things we didn't want to do. And in trying to figure out how to fix it, we normally just break it more. Yeah. Okay. It's like me doing any kind of handyman work. Yes. Abel just had to keep the sheep and bring the right offering on the right day. Mm. And that was about it.
2: Mm.
0: There's no more details, and he received a good testimony from God. So he says, any person that hears these words of mine, how does this passage start? The whole thing. The, The one that we just read about worry. So, any man who hears these words of mine and does them.
1: Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your how life. Many,
0: how many parts of the Matthew teaching is actually defined as, now I'm saying to you. This is what I'm saying to you. So, he's actually, in this specific one, he's saying, anybody who hears these words of mine and now he's telling he's telling, I'm saying to you, I'm telling you. So, he's
2: oh, kind dear. of…
1: <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Mm,
0: Okay, so he's... No. now <laughs> Okay, so full measures. Just Yeah, measures. here
1: we go. For assuredly, I say to you. You've heard that it was said, but I say to you. You've heard that it was said, but I say to you. But I say to you. But I say, but to, I say you. to you. But I tell you. But I say to you. <laughs> he's
0: making his point. Yes. He's making his point. Okay. So, now... I can say, but, I have reason to worry because he hasn't solved my problem yet. Maybe the reason why my problem hasn't been solved is because I've been worrying about it, according to the scripture.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. what does he say? The person that hears these words of mine and does not do them, what happens?
1: It sounds awful.
0: So we read it, our intention is to keep all the difficult stuff in this, a little easy one, with all the buts in it. We just somehow ignore the fact that we're not keeping His Word, His commandments. How many people, how many people, while worrying, are going to, within the first few seconds of sensing worry, are going to repent and go like, he said, I'm not allowed to do this, I'm not doing this. Because.
2: I think we try. <laughs> I think
3: basically
2: just.
0: Us. Our standard for fellowship is mostly based on four measures. That's the standard we've put in place for fellowship. Okay. It's, it's based on four I apologize.: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So So um, imagine Xavier phones Madeleine tomorrow and says, "I'm really worried." about what's going to happen at work. University. University. With the exams at the end of the year.
1: No, the practical.
0: The practical. I don't know these things, (laughs) man. You should pay attention, okay? Okay, Okay, so she finds us and says, I'm really worried about my exams at the end of the year. What is Madeline's answer supposed to be? Shame, man. I'll pray for you. What is the answer supposed to be? JP, that is exactly what I was hoping for. Thank you. Was it, was it him or you? Was it you? They are one spirit. Repent. Now let's speak about repentance. Let's speak about repentance. That was beautiful. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Thank you. So, repentance. What is repentance? We've done all of this. We, this is a refresher. Course. Course. What does what is the what is the timeline of repentance? How long does it take? A
1: minute. And, and a, a moment. But what if
0: I phone you and say I'm really, really worried about something but I'm gonna repent of it right after I told you. <laughs> 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 okay, so maybe 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 time. maybe this has happened in our experience <laughs> <laughs> now and then.
1: Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Let's be honest, I've done yeah. that too. <laughs> it's like
3: being really angry. Yeah. You know it's wrong. Just I'm just,
1: out. I'm going to sit in this. I'll do it maybe the day after, the day after tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. What is, the timeline of repentance. Just after confession, the second after confession, right?
1: Shouldn't it happen with confession? Isn't that why you confess?
0: What is repentance? Let's quickly see. You can remember. Is repentance feeling sorry? Or worried about your sin? (laughs) What's Repentance.
3: It
0: the confession could be an acknowledgement but then the moment the acknowledgement is finished then repentance, what's the act of repentance? Returning to God's ways, His standard, and His word, His person, right? Okay. So you can have confession without repentance. If you yeah. can have, you
1: can't have repentance without.
3: Yeah.
0: Confession without repentance was either complaining or... <coughs> uh, or, confession. or making excuse, I don't know what it is, but see, you cannot have confession without repentance, because otherwise it was something else, but confession. Mm. A lot of people want to confess without the repentance. So what happens, okay, firstly, with, repent, with confession, we want to confess to God first, first step. So what if we say to God, I know I did the wrong, wrong thing, I don't change it, I just continue doing the wrong thing. What's the consequences going to be? Okay, so, so does this sound familiar? And then repentance, so confession and repentance. So let's quickly talk about repentance within fellowship context. The same as that phone call that says, I'm really worried. What's the answer supposed to be? Repent. Mm-hmm. Then yes, I'm going to so so
2: so say...
0: I hear you. Thank you for phoning me to confess. Now we're going to repent. That's mm-hmm. the conversation. That's the expe- extent of the conversation. So now, let's go back to principles. Well, can't
2: you, say, Do not worry"? you, well, you can...
0: Worry? You can quote the scripture, but we read it together. Why do you need to quote it to a person again? Just say, repent. You say? We want to be subtle sometimes and send, like, the scripture. We go, like, I oh, thank you for blessing me. You really encouraged me. <laughs> huh? I was <laughs> telling you to repent, not encourage. <laughs> okay, so, yes. Also, if you say, do not worry, then it might be that I think I have to try to stop worrying and then it goes
2: back into work. So yeah. If you rather say, just get back to the Lord, and you know, let Him do His thing, because the goodness of God leads us to think then that's just returning, not doing it out of your own. So He can only lead you to do that. Very good. So, that's, so you should probably just say, just ask the Lord for repentance. because that's I've heard that many times. you better ask the Lord for repentance. <laughs>
0: But that's 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 good. Let's talk about the standard of the standard of confession within the context of fellowship. If I'm going to confess to somebody in the fellowship. If you want to confess to people outside of the circle of believers, go for it, but preferably we confess one to another within the body. Then We would like to ask that people go like, I'm going to talk to you about something I want to officially confess to you. Because sometimes we're confessing and the other person is not aware of the fact that we're confessing. That's true. So
3: you're putting something
0: in place. I want to put something in place. We want to ask people that if you feel you need to get something off your chest, confess something to someone then officially rather say, I'm confessing to you, is it? Does that make sense? Because this now draws, it frames our action.
1: It also creates a safe space where the other person won't feel like they have to respond, because confession doesn't need a response, it just needs to (coughs) come into the light. That's a
0: very good point. Mm -hmm. So if somebody comes to you and says, I want to confess that I ate too many chocolates last night and you feel now because the person came to you now you feel you have to give them advice is that a valid response? I no. mean you
3: can say thank you for finding me I
0: mean to, to all you have to say is are you going to repent as well? if they say I want to confess to you the next thing is I'm assuming you're also repenting that's that's we want to ask people, just, just a very quick, to, to save everybody a lot of time, effort, thought patterns, ideas, because we don't, we don't want to put anybody in the position where if I'm going to come and confess to you, then you feel you have to now give me advice, quote scriptures and pray with me. It all doesn't have,
1: have to be an emotional thing.
0: No, all you have to do is yeah. go, okay, I hear you, are you repenting? I go, yes, end of story. That was, that was the conversation. That person just needed someone. Doesn't actually matter who.
3: What 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 like if let's say what, the, the two of us had a little we felt animosity, like it's possible because uh, it did happen to me. And then you you want both of you want to make it right, and but one side obviously is going to come first, and. and, and to get it to, to clear the air so we can move forward and and, and be strengthened together yeah. uh, instead of letting this thing faster and grow so so uh, it, you don't have to look who's the who's the more guilty party who didn't do or you you do your part and then the other person might or might not say I'm also sorry but you know you can't be
0: you can't be in charge of that. You're only in charge of your own part. So. Confessing and repentance is you going, I did yes. wrong.
3: Okay, so you say...
0: That's another wrong. discussion. If you need to... Look, even... We can ask the other person, do you forgive me? But I mean, if I tell you I did wrong, and I don't have to ask you, if you don't want to forgive me, then it's between you and the Lord. I just told you I did wrong. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can... Forgiveness is by us in our priesthood applying the blood of Messiah, because there's only forgiveness through the blood that's Mm -hmm. shed. So you can either shed your blood or you can go for the blood of the Lamb. Okay, so
2: confession.
0: Confession. We just wanted to put this in place. We can only speak about our sinful reactions, thoughts, feelings, and so forth. To another person in confession. Think of a scenario where we can speak about our sinful reactions in another context with people in. So I come to Leon. I say, look, I have this hatred in my heart. Do you think I should repent? <laughs> is that a valid? Is that a valid conversation? <laughs> I'm trying to hook him into having a conversation <coughs> to me about my sin. Or with me. That's not valid. That's tempting him. Well, he's obviously going to say no, but now he, I'm asking him to explain to me why not. I know why not. Again, it's back to principles. We're looking at the principles. So whenever that happens, and somebody goes outside of the guidelines of proper fellowship, mm. fellowship, Um, it creates a discomfort zone for both parties. Because now, say, you decided to have coffee with Zavia, and you start telling her about some problem that you're facing. Yes. Okay. Her response should be, look, if this is something that you need to address in discipleship, in the context of discipleship, which means... Biblical advice, correction, uh, teaching, instruction, um, or correction that leads to repentance, all those things that is part of of discipleship. She's supposed to tell you, look, you, sh- you need to stop talking to me. I'm not discipling you. You need to go to some, to the leadership that are discipling you, that are responsible for this process and let them know that you need discipling. That's the difference between discipling and fellowship. When you have coffee together, then the coffee uh, opportunity there is to glorify the Lord, be thankful for the walk that you are walking together in the body, and um, speak edifying things, or talk about asparagus. That's it. Um, That's what coffee is for. So it should be relaxed, enjoyable, edifying, without anybody bringing anything out of place into the fellowship. Fellowship. And then there's discipleship, where you are going to entrust another person with (coughs) a part of your process and your walk. And then we should all discern, is that person authorized, equipped to disciple you? So, otherwise we're putting each other in, in a discomfort zone. Often when people don't come and confess whatever they want to confess to me, they'll choose someone else. That person feels privileged, but they're actually just circumventing being responsible to leadership. So they confess to someone else that's not going to keep them accountable. So we, we have seen, I've seen through the church years, it's less in this fellowship, but through the church years I've seen this happen often, people would keep confessing to random people and then they don't come to repentance because they'll just confess again do you see what I'm saying because they're not being they're not entering into the repentance phase by being accountable to authority mm-hmm. it puts the other person and we it, put, it makes us vulnerable because now like you said thank you for trusting me to come and repent to me that already puts, makes you vulnerable, because now you're going like, well, this person trusted me enough to come talk to me. Now that's going to plant a seed where you're going to think, well, the next time this person comes to talk to me they're trusting me, they're really trusting me. Meanwhile, they're just circumventing being accountable. And then eventually you're going to be tempted to say, well, now I'm going to give you some advice. or. I've prayed about your situation and I felt the Lord say so and so. This happens. And before you know it, we're doing a lot of harm. So if it looks like a situation where there's discipling involved, with other words, correction, instruction, teaching, counsel, counsel, then we should go like, stop, this is a matter of discipling, you should not be discussing this with me because I'm not discipling you we're walking the same road of discipling together. Does that make sense? So, if we want to... And we can... Now, I want to make this very clear, that confession is not just to leadership, or to me, or to Nadia. Anybody in the fellowship, it says, you confess one to another. So everyone is free to confess to a person. All we're asking is that if you are in the process, or the intention is to confess and repent, then say to the brother or the sister, may I confess something to you because I need to bring it into the light so I may repent Mm -hmm. and then it is a simple thing of you can receive the confession you just say I hear you are you repenting which means now you're accountable I never want to see you do this again do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so you're saying like I'm really worried about work but I'm confessing to you I know I shouldn't be worried you say are you repenting? yes you can never tell that person you're worried about work again because you repented. Otherwise you didn't repent. See you how this thing works. If don't intend on
1: repenting, don't confess.
0: See the difference. Now, there is circumstances under which we would spend time in the Word together, but then there shouldn't be ministry one to another. Because we equip and we are qualified by the Lord to minister to the body. I'm not saying don't read the word together or discuss the word together, but when the word discussion goes from one person's receiving and the other person is giving, that's ministry. Makes sense. At this point it's better to just read power.
3: If, you, if you're going to be together and you want to read, just read power. Exactly. I think to be saved, but... Just be...
0: Exactly.
2: Exactly.
0: So, when we're sharing what we have experienced and enjoyed in the Word, we can do it in thanksgiving, but we should be very careful not to be sharing doctrine or interpretation of doctrine. Okay, now, why is this important? Uh, just uh, just listen to why we're doing this. We are, in the over the last few weeks, we are looking again at our witness and our testimony. Witness and testimony. Okay, so... Quick example, if you, if any of you or all of you, Big Brother style, could watch me in the morning, you would discover that without fail...
1: A shadow of turning.
0: Without a shadow of turning, <laughs> I'm going to wake up and make myself a cup of coffee. There will be no variation on this. I will definitely be focused on getting a cup of coffee.
1: I like what I'm hearing.
0: Now, anybody come between me and my cup of coffee in the morning. It will not be a pleasant experience for that person. So, so I will go to the kitchen to get the cup out of the cupboard, turn the kettle on, and then I pray about how many spoons of coffee should I use this morning. And I wait on the Lord and then once He has answered me then I pray about the sugar and the milk. How much milk should I use? Okay.
1: Just wait for it.
0: No, this is not how I do it. Every morning I'm going to grab the spoon. My eyes are still closed. I'm going to put exactly the same amount of coffee in. And if I find the spoon was less filled than it should be, I will just get a little tip of extra coffee to make sure that it's the right amount. And that's the way I make my coffee, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, after watching me for a year, every morning, would it be reasonable for the person watching me, observing me, to come to the conclusion and assumption that I really like coffee? Would that be a fair conclusion? Every single morning, I make my coffee and I drink it. I don't ever the- leave half a cup of coffee behind. I've seen people do that. Not me. I will, if I could lick the bottom of the cup, I'll get the last drop of coffee out of the cup. Okay. So, after observing me for a year, would it be a reasonable conclusion to say that I love my coffee in the morning?
1: Maybe more like dependent.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. So, that's called a testimony and a witness. Yeah. Now, what would your response be, Liani, that also likes coffee? If I said, I was going to make you coffee, and I put the cup down, and I put one spoon, two spoons, three spoons of coffee, four spoons of coffee, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and at, would you just keep quiet and go like, that's okay, I'll drink it after 12 spoons of coffee in the cup
1: and then 16 spoons of sugar
0: <laughs> you'll, you'll just go like that's fine it's not my recipe but it's okay would you drink it I probably won't be able
2: to <laughs> but something something
0: inside will be activated <laughs> uh, yeah that's ex- something will naturally happen you don't have to think you'll go like whoa whoa I can't drink that okay are <laughs> you <I'm not>
1: sure <laughs> Maybe we need a bigger cup.
0: Maybe I decide I'm going to make you a cup of coffee, but let's not... I felt in prayer this morning not, not to make the same recipe. Let's put three spoons of, of, of salt. salt, maybe a pinch of pepper.
1: And some ginger.
0: And a half a spoon of coffee this morning, just variation. Would you be happy with that? Nope. You would go like, Can I please have my normal recipe of
2: coffee? <laughs> what do we
0: do? What do we do when we make someone coffee? How many sugars? How many coffee would you like? Do you take them off? Why do we ask that? Because you want your recipe. That's the way you like your coffee, right? Mm. Okay. It's called yes. a testimony and a witness.
1: Except sometimes if you ask someone how many sugars and they go like six and you go like, Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like Check my spoon first. Right? <laughs>
0: All right. Testimony and a witness is this. If someone has known me for a year and I often complain, often often just slide some negative speaking into the conversation. And I often let people know that I'm worried. But I soften it by continuously telling you, I am going to repent. I want to change this. But after a year, what is my testimony? What's my witness? Am I a faithful believer witnessing to the goodness of God in thanksgiving? Or is my witness, despite my own idea of who I am, is my witness actually that I worry and transgress the Word of God? Now, if I tell you I really like coffee and you watch me for a year and I just had two cups of coffee in the morning over an entire period of a year is my testimony and my witness that I like coffee in the morning or not
2: mm-hmm.
0: not really I had a cup of coffee it doesn't mean I love coffee okay if I if you watch me for another year I told you I've given up coffee and, I, and, you, and you see I still have a cup of coffee in the morning is it true that I've given up
1: coffee
0: <laughs> you're like, you still having coffee yes but I'm not enjoying it as much
1: I'm not intending to have it
0: Okay, what I'm saying is, we want to start on a whole process of true witness and true testimony. So I can convince myself I'm wise, but if everybody's seeing me acting foolishly, then my testimony and my witness actually that I'm not wise. So, uh, just a little bit of a challenge can we go and recap on principles that we have done? Those principles are very handy tools to developing a good witness and a good testimony. Not because we work hard at it, just because we do what? Witness and...
1: Return, repeat, do again.
0: Return, repeat, do again. Return, repeat, do again. Okay? So, when we confess, we confess to to repent. We are going to discuss anything that should be confessed or should take the form of confession. Let's let each other know we are confessing. And the response should be, are you repenting? And then if we have to have this discussion a few more times, let's go while you didn't repent. What was the other principle? If somebody does what, when do you walk around or turn around and walk away? Talk about self. Talk about self. We're just refreshing everybody and reminding everybody. Okay, now... Let me make this very clear. To come and discuss with those that are responsible for discipleship, uh, those areas in which we have to overcome, have victory, in the areas in which we are still repenting, that is not, and we're not saying don't do that, that is the process of discipling. Sometimes we will deal with things and it might take a year, two years, three years to repent. Okay, we might take and I'm not saying don't ask each other to say look I'm I'm not having victory this morning stand with me in prayer that's fine we stand with each other in prayer if you don't tell me that I need to pray for you then I'm not going to know I will pray for you but I might have to pray for you twice tomorrow (laughs) Okay, but let's not keep, depending on other people praying for us, if we actually, we have to walk out our process of victory and overcoming. Okay, we have to. And we have to be in the process of walking towards the victory. Look, overcoming, if it takes three years, it takes three years. We just want to make sure that we're doing it in the right way, the healthy way that's going to have the right fruit and response. Okay, don't think it's you, it's all of us. We can talk to each other about stuff we shouldn't be talking about. And then we can confuse, we can start blurring the lines between confession and we don't intend to complain but we can be complaining. We don't intend to worry we need to remind each other of the full measures of God's Word. Okay, this is what, what what I want to close with. Okay. When He says, do not worry because your Father in heaven knows what you need. He, he knows all your needs. Then He says, seek the first the kingdom of heaven and righteousness. His righteousness. We, we cannot go, yes, but I'm going to worry until my problem is solved. I'm going to say, I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit to repent and obey Him so that I can, so the problem can be taken care of by Him so I don't have to worry about it anymore. But if we keep the worry in place, then often we keep the problem in place. There is a repentance that brings change, but if we doubt in His goodness, then we don't want to repent because we are not sure that the change is going to come. Okay, see how the whole mechanism works. Mm. Okay, there's no condemnation. Okay, so everybody please, you, you all know that whatever we say, we say in love. It's to keep you safe, it's to keep everybody else safe. And we are in a process of discipling. We're all in the process of repentance, and we're all in the process of change. We are going to be grateful for the process. Mm. Even when sometimes we want to complain about the process, we choose to be grateful for the process. Okay? And um, we are going to remember that often from our perspective our lives look more difficult than everybody else's. Our problems look bigger than everybody else's. And our worries look more valid than everybody else's. But everybody else, they're thinking the same thing. That their worries are more valid and their problems are bigger. Mm. There's no way to weigh up who's is bigger. Mm. Okay. It's just our individual circumstances that the Lord is going to use. Mm. to do what He wants to do in us. And what does He want to do? He wants to lead us to repentance so that we can be conformed to this Mm. image of His Son. He wants to restore us to His image and likeness. Um, Unfortunately, in the process, He is going to have to cut away all the flesh. And that's why we're kicking and screaming and crying and wailing and complaining and worrying. And all of that is sin, okay? So, we are just going to reiterate again. Fear is sin. Anxiety is sin and worry is sin. Mm. Okay, so how do you get rid of worry? You repent. How do you get rid of anxiety? Well, um, ask a psychologist, it will take a few months to receive the explanation. I'm just going to tell you, anxiety, repent. Depression, repent. (laughs) Negativity, (laughs) repent. That's it. Okay.